Hello and welcome to another episode of HR Spot. We are a podcast uh, that helps HR professionals as well as business owners navigate the HR world. So today's topic is how to conduct a great performance review. So the purpose of a performance review is twofold, an accurate and accountable evaluation of performance and then development of that person's skills in line with job tasks. So for recipients, uh, feedback has intrinsic and extrinsic value. And across the fields, research shows that people become high performers by identifying specific areas where they need to improve and then practicing those skills with performance feedback. So let's talk about... um, you know, dissatisfaction with performance appraisals is pervasive. Uh, They are seen as time-consuming, demotivating, inaccurate, biased, and unfair. Uh, There was a survey done that indicates most CEOs don't find the appraisal process in their companies that help identify top performance, while over half of the employees think their managers don't get the performance review right. Uh, A Gallup study is more negative. Just one in five employees agree that their company's performance practices motivate them. So these attitudes create a self-reinforcing dynamic. Managers do cursory reviews that are really up or down compensation announcements, not feedback. Employees then see the appraisal as a non-existent or unfair and approach the next review with that attitude. Busy managers facing quarterly goals then try to avoid the unpleasantness and do even more cursory drive-by reviews and downward spiral continues that promotes a culture of underperformance. So um, when it comes to performance review best practices, it's so important to help managers refine how the process is planned, conducted, and repeated. So I'm going to talk about some recommendations that can improve your employee performance while also giving managers a more effective structure for how to have these sometimes difficult but necessary conversations. So first, rethinking the performance review. So this should not mean getting rid of the essential managerial responsibility. So what's the purpose and key components of an effective performance review process? The purpose of reviews... Uh, is twofold, an accurate and accountable evaluation of performance and then development of that person's skills in line with job tasks. So recipients' uh, feedback has intrinsic and extrinsic value, and across fields, research shows that people become high performers by identifying specific areas where they need to improve and then practicing these skills within the performance feedback. For the giver of the feedback, the process is key to getting people to practice the right things, prioritize opportunities, and clarify accountabilities owned by the individual versus the manager or the company. It's also uh, key to effective leadership. So the higher you rise in any organization, the more dependent you are on subordinates' performance. This reality has implications for what managers must do before, during, and after the review. So let's talk about what to do before the review. 
Uh, in ongoing work with employees, managers must first make the standards clear, including ethical standards by which performance will be judged, what's important, and how much you expect. This may seem obvious, but it's often not done because new managers are unsure or uninformed about how unit goals align with strategy. Because experienced managers may have lost touch with the market or strategy changes, or because over time turnover in management results in mixed signals about performance. Secondly, performance reviews are about what people do for a living and often their pay and job assignments. These important topics take time to discuss. So you must make the time on your calendar to avoid quick reviews that leave people feeling confused or, or undervalued. Managers must also take the time to pay attention to people's behaviors far in advance of the actual review date if they're going to be helpful about the impact of those on-the-job behaviors on others in or outside the organization. You want people focused on relevant casual relationships and not just enacting the natural human tendencies to ascribe credit for good outcomes to oneself and then causes of bad outcomes to someone or something else. Third, effective reviews require a judgment about causes of a person's performance. For example, are performance issues the consequence of deficiencies in motivation or ability? Some people may work hard but lack certain capabilities. Can training and coaching enhance those capabilities? Others may have the ability but lack the motivation. Can different incentives or processes increase motivation? Still, others may seemingly lack both motivation and relevant ability. Is this the right job for that person? Can a performance improvement plan help or a different role where their responsibilities or their abilities can be better utilized? Or is it time to replace this person? Finally, stars often have to have both high motivation and ability. What can be done to reward, retain, and learn from the stars' behaviors? These are not easy judgments to make about human beings, but they're necessary and imply different action plans. Without them, it's difficult to be mutually productive during the review. So what do you convey during the review? I'm going to talk about five different steps. So the first one is convey your positive intent. A review uh, about feedback aimed at increasing the recipient's effectiveness. If you don't really have this intent, for example, if you believe that issues of motivation and or ability overwhelm the potential contribution, then you're not really having a performance conversation. And you can ignore the, the following steps. The conversation you should have is one in which you should discuss moving that person out of the job. So next, describing specifically what you have observed. The more specific and descriptive your feedback about strengths and weaknesses, the more likely the person will understand. Describe illustrative or critical incidents which indicate the impact on performance. Too much performance feedback is of the do good and avoid evil variety. 
That may sound harmless, but overly general feedback increases feelings of defensiveness rather than open to, openness to change behavior because it involves broad judgments and invites counterpunching rather than discussion. So for example, your presentation was bad is a little more than a perception. Um, and it's, it's better to say, get better, saying your presentation did not include information on demographics, total life cycle costs, and payment terms. That makes it easier to receive the negative comments and take the corrective action because both the manager and the employee can now concentrate on the elements that can be improved. So next, state the impact of the behavior or action. Many employees are unaware of the impact of their actions on outcomes. That is why we have managers, but managing means discussing cause and effect linkages between behaviors and outcomes. For example, it's one thing to say a salesperson, you didn't connect with the buyer. It's quite another to say, you interrupted people throughout the meeting and this resulted in that buyer being less open to listening to your ideas. Next, ask the other person to respond. So effective reviews are a two-way transfer of information. Not only directions from a manager, most people want to know about their performance. So dialogue is very important, therefore, not just because it's polite and typically characteristic of effective organizational cultures, but also because it tests assumptions and reasoning. Does my view of your interactions with colleagues make sense? Here is the data or other input I'm using to make this assessment. What am I missing? Is it an issue of resources or something else? Here is the priorities in our unit. Do you understand and do you agree? And if not, why? So the dialogue opens up other relevant purposes for the review. Next, so what? Now what? A review is incomplete without a discussion of next steps in which both parties take appropriate responsibility for change options. But responsibility for this closure rests with the manager. On what assets can you capitalize to increase effectiveness? Are there assignments that can increase learning, deliberate practice, or other elements relevant to core tasks? Can HR help? What is the timetable and the benchmarks to use in measuring progress after the performance review? So what to do after the review? The biggest impact from performance conversations is often what happens after the review. Too often, nothing happens. The review is an isolated annual event, therefore has little real impact. But research on behavioral change and the continuous improvement required for innovation highlights the importance of setting goals and providing ongoing feedback about progress towards goals. Next, putting regular follow-ups on the schedule. So technology is lowering the cost of doing this. For example, study of programs designed to increase people's savings find that follow-up text messages, simply informing the person of their savings rates versus others are about 80% effective as in-person meetings. So managers can utilize these technologies to provide regular feedback. This is the key in making follow-ups and uh, a great process from which individuals and the firm can, can receive the value. Next, you want to look for patterns. Regular follow-up also provides the managers with opportunity to look for patterns and create a, 
um, a cycle of assessment and investing by potentially reallocating money, time, and people to align better with strategic imperatives. So the famous line still exists. People join companies, but they leave managers. Because feedback and coaching are crucial for professional growth and development, it's striking how many successful people, when asked about their careers, point to a manager who provided them with useful, even if initially unwanted, feedback. In turn, they become they come to realize that as their managers, they must demonstrate that they care about their people and are worthy of trust in assessing performance. Thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. And we look forward to um, seeing you on another HR spot.